Richard Eckley and welcome to Your Four Keys to a Healthier, Happier You podcast, the four-minute warning. Tonight we're interviewing Bob Burke. Bob Burke's a sought-after speaker at company leadership and sales conferences, sharing the platform with everyone from today's business leaders and podcast personalities to even a former U.S. president. Bob's the author of a number of books on sales, marketing and influence, with total book sales of well over a million copies. His book, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann, itself has sold over 850,000 copies, has been translated into 21 languages. Here on John's newest parable, the Go-Giver series, is the Go-Giver Influencer. Hello, Bob. Thank you for joining us tonight. Richard, it's so great to be with you. Thank you very much, John. Thank you. You talk about the entrepreneurial spirit. What about those who aren't entrepreneurs? What does the message of the Go-Giver still apply to them? Well, you know, the Go-Giver itself, the basic premise, the basic message is simply that shifting your focus from getting to giving uh, when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing value to others. And oh, yeah. doing so is not only a, a nice way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. So whether you're an entrepreneur or a salesperson who's doing this, or you know maybe you're an entrepreneur, someone who owns your own business, or maybe you're an intrapreneur, you're oh, yeah. You're entrepreneurial, but you're working within another person's business or organization. The same principles still hold true. You know, when I speak at sales conventions or entrepreneur conventions, I'll often say nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. Right? They're not going to buy from you because you need the money. They're not even going to buy from you because you're a really nice person. They're going to buy from you only because they believe that they will uh, be better off by doing so than by not doing so. And that's the only reason anyone should buy from any of us. Well, by the same token, when you work for someone else, why do you need to be intrapreneurial? Because nobody's going to hire you or keep paying you a salary because you need the money. Yeah, that's okay. right. Do it because they believe you are bringing more value to the organization yeah. than what you're paying. Otherwise, why would they hire you, right? Exactly. So we need to always understand that whether we're in business for ourselves as entrepreneurs or working in a business for someone else as intrapreneurs, our goal, the necessity, is to to move from an I focus or me focus to an other focus. Looking ways to better serve and bring exceptional value to those we ultimately serve. Oh, yeah, providing a service to the other person as well. Exactly. Oh, that's an excellent job. That's brilliant, good. Do you give like a premise of what the book itself is about, the overall feel of the book? Yeah, that's just that it's really that shift in focus. It's understanding and maybe, you know, some people very intuitively understand this, uh, but a lot of people don't. And they, you know, they think, sales or they think working for someone or business is all about what you can get from it but if you're going to be most effective you can't look at it that way other if you can't provide value to others they're not going to do business with you they're not going to buy from you they're not going to employ you so the very the the, the premise of it itself is that again it's it's focusing on bringing immense value to other people yeah, the old service first, and then, yeah, it's better than that way, definitely. Makes total sense. What was the inspiration? Hmm? Sorry. What was the inspiration for you behind the book in the first place? 
Well, I, years ago, I had a book out called Endless Referrals, Network Your Everyday Contacts into Sales. It was a book on business networking, on creating relationships where, where and it was for really for sales professionals who had a great product or service. They believed in what they did. They knew it could bring value to people, but they were not very comfortable with the process of seeking out new people, of prospecting, of creating new relationships. And so what, what basically that book does is it shows you step-by-step step and in a very confidence-building way how to, again, focus on others, which brings them closer to feeling good about you so that they know you, they like you, they trust you, they want business with you, they want to refer you to others. And that was really you know, what Endless Referrals was about. But it was a how-to book, and eventually, you know, I'd always read a lot of parables and always enjoyed reading parables. I think stories really connect with me. And so uh, John David Mann, my co-author, and I came up with the idea of The Go-Giver, which basically was taking the, the, the basic principles from Endless Referrals and putting them into a story and kind of couching them within additional uh, principles. Excellent job. Oh, that's very good. There's another great uh, parable I read it before. It's um, the richest man in Babylon, and that's a similar sort of parable to it. That's a well. James Classen was the author of that. That's one of my favorites. And remember, the company that Joe works for in um, in the Go Giver is called Classen Hill. Ah, yeah. That's a nod to both James Classen and Napoleon Hill. <laughs> oh, excellent! I didn't know that. Uh huh. That, that is brilliant. Fair play. That is the amazing book. Fair play. Uh, could you give us a quick review of the five laws you and John share in the book? Uh -huh. The five laws themselves are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. The law of value says your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Now, this sounds counterintuitive when you first hear it uh, because it sounds like, what, give more in value than I take in payment? Aren't they going to go bankrupt? Aren't they going to go out of business? That's it. <laughs> simply have to understand here the difference between price and value. Uh, price is a numbers figure, okay? Whether we're talking pounds or dollars, it's, it's just a figure. Yeah. Value is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to someone that they will willingly exchange their money for this value and be glad that they did while you make a very healthy profit. A quick example would be, let's say you hire an accountant to do your taxes and this accountant charges you, we'll just name a round figure, a thousand pounds, okay? Um, so, um, but what did they, that's the price, the thousand pounds, but what's the value that this accountant gave you? Well, through his years of, of practice and learning, through his diligence and understanding you and getting to know your goals and what you're looking to accomplish, learning about your business, he's able to save you 5,000 pounds. That's well worth it. He also saves you uh, time. Yeah. Uh, he also provides you with the security and the peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly. The professional, definitely. <laughs> so that, that again, while price is, is a, a figure, a monetary figure, value can be both concrete in terms of the, you know, the $5,000 pounds. That's certainly easy to get our arms around. But also conceptual in terms of the time saved and yeah. the and the peace of mind, which is probably worth much more than the money that was, you know, that was 
So, so what he did, this accountant gave you well over 5,000 pounds of value yeah. in exchange for a thousand pounds price. So you feel great about it. It also <laughs> made a very healthy profit. So both parties came out ahead of where they were before. That's basically the law of value. I, uh... The law of compensation says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how oh. well you so where law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment, law number two tells us that the more people whose lives we touch with the exceptional value we provide, the more money with which we'll be, we'll be rewarded. Uh, in the previous example, your accountant did a great job of giving you much more in value than he took in payment. So you feel great about him. You would probably do business with him again. Uh, you would uh, probably tell others about him him to others and his other clients feel the same way so our accountant is very quickly amassing what we call an army of personal walking ambassadors <laughs> yeah, continues to add that kind of exceptional value to the lives of more and more people his income will continue to grow and grow so law number one which is the value that's your potential income law number two which talks about the number of lives you impact that's oh, yeah. actual income. Oh, it's like a triangle belt, yeah. Mm -hmm. Law number three is the law of influence. And this says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Oh, yeah. This may be counterproductive at best and maybe even Pollyanna-ish at work. But you think about it, the greatest leaders, top influencers, highest producing money-earning salespeople, this is simply how they run their lives and conduct their businesses. They're always looking for ways to bring immense value to others, placing the other person's interest first. Now, you know, this doesn't mean, again, in any way that you are a, uh, when we say place other people's interest first, that doesn't mean you're a doormat or you're a monster or self-sacrificial. <laughs> Simply understanding that as Joe, the protege in the story, was told by several of the mentors, the golden rule of business is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people being know, like, and trust. And so, you know, right? And there's no, no faster, more powerful, more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you from others than by genuinely and authentically moving from that I focus or me focus to that other focus, looking to is, as Sam, one of the mentors, advised Joe, make your win all about the other person. Now, law number four is the law of authenticity. And this simply says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. Uh, in the story, Joe learned from one of the mentors, Deborah, she shared a, a lesson she learned in her sales career, and that was that all the skills in the world, <clears throat> excuse me, the skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and they are all very, very important, also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true, authentic core. You do. When you show up, as we like to say, as yourself, right? Yeah. day week after week, month after month, people feel good about you. They feel comfortable with you. They feel safe with you. They know you. They like you. They love you. They trust you. They're much more likely to want to be in relationship with you, do business with you, refer business to you. So 
So we know that being authentic is not only good life practice, it's good business practice. Definitely, yeah. What, what keeps people sometimes from showing up authentically is that they might not have the self-confidence. Yeah, definitely. You know, they might not recognize the real value they bring to the table. Uh, I think as human beings, we all have two types of, of, of value. We oh. have intrinsic value, which simply means just by the very nature of being here, being alive, being human, bring value, okay? We also, though, we have what I call market value. Market, I define market value as that combination of strengths, traits, talents, and characteristics that allows a person to bring value or add value to the marketplace in such a way that they'll be financially rewarded. We all have that market value, but sometimes it's hard for us to recognize it because we're so emotionally close to ourselves that it's difficult to see, which is why it can be so important to sometimes have a coach or a mentor, someone who who cares about you, but they're not so close to you that they can't really, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, we have to know our weaknesses and we have to know our strengths. Some weaknesses we can ignore. Some weaknesses we need to mitigate. Other weaknesses we need to turn into strengths. But yeah. we need to lead with our strengths because no. that's when we're confident. And when we yeah. lead with our strengths, that's when we can show up authentically. Yeah. We're more comfortable with ourselves, aren't we, then? Exactly. And then uh, finally, law number five says that the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. This means nothing more than that we we both breathe out and breathe in. It's not one or the other, it's both. And, you know, we breathe out carbon dioxide and we have to also breathe in oxygen. Yeah, twice, yeah. Out, which is giving. We breathe in, which is receiving. Um, Contrary to what we hear from the world around us, so many messages of lack and so many negative messages about money and abundance, you know, giving and receiving are not opposite concepts. It's not like, are you a giver or a receiver? No, you're a giver and a receiver. Giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same coin. It's just under the focus needs to be on the value. When you focus on the value, you begin the process of receiving, and then you simply need to make yourself open to doing so. But this is why we say, but the giving comes first, the giving of value. And this is why we say that money is simply an echo of value. Yeah. The thunder, if you will, to values like. Oh, I see, yeah. Oh, that's excellent, fair play. There's the Earl Nightingale, he always said that, you can always give more than you get. So we always start off by giving. So you often listen to, is it, um, Lead the Field? Have you heard of Ale Nightingale's Lead the Field? Uh, it's a great, great book and tape series, yeah. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Record album, actually, first. Oh, oh I said, yeah, I only got into recently, and just, yeah, similar, similar concepts of your saying here, it's just, yeah, it's always give more, do more you can, and you'll receive more back again. That's brilliant. Well, what do I know your book raised a few eyebrows? It's where John wrote, does make it money? It's not a bad question. It's a great question. It's just a bad first question. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when you start a phrase, might disagree with you on that one. They might even say, it's the only question when it comes to business, otherwise you're just a bit naive. What do you mean by that? Well, so first of all, and it's a great question, and remember that that 
what Pindar, the mentor, said to Joe is that it's not that asking if something will make money is a bad question. He said, no, it's a great question. It's a bad first question. Why? Because remember, if you're focused, if you're if you're only asking, will it make money, then it's about you. It's yeah. not about the consumer. And remember, they're not going to buy from you because you need the money. <laughs> That's true. Right. So the first, so if you ask first, will it make money? You're starting off like driving your car in reverse. Okay. What you need to do is ask, will it serve? Does this idea or this product or service does it serve? Will people buy it? Is there a market for it? Does it solve a problem? Where does it create value? How does it create value? Now, if the answer to that is yes, it serves. There's a market for it, either now or one you can develop. Great. Then ask, will it make money? Because also that's also important. So you can serve. People can love it. It can be a market for it. But if it doesn't make money, that's no good either. Then you've got a hobby, and <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. So it does need to make money. That's just not the first question to ask if you want to make a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to make a lot of money, don't ask if it will make money first. First ask, will it serve the marketplace? Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, find the first of all, find your market and then serve that marketplace and build it up. And then you can start to make some money that way then. That makes total sense. Let's talk about mentorship. Uh, first, what's the best way to find a mentor? Perhaps most importantly, what should be so like an up-and-comer when they're trying to find one? How would you go about finding a mentor? Well, I think in, in finding a mentor, and it's important to do so, because having a great mentor can really cut years off your learning curve. And, and you know, you've got someone who can, who can share with you their experiences and their guidance. It's a wonderful thing. But I think a, a big thing to, to address, maybe even first, is how not to ask someone to be your mentor because a lot of people I see will kind of approach someone who maybe they, they don't really know, but someone whose work they admire could be someone online or it could be someone in person, what have you, either way. And they'll simply say to this person, would you be my mentor? <laughs> it's not that that can't ever work, but it often doesn't because it's sort of like saying to someone, Hey, would you share with me your 30 or 40 years experience, even though you don't know me from a whole yeah. moment, right? <laughs> it kind of comes across as entitled and comes across as, you know, so the best okay. thing you do is you can, you can approach anyone who you admire, whose work you admire, even if you've never met them. But the best thing to do is when you ask, what you want to maybe start out by saying is, Either, you know, I'm just about to start in business or I'm just, you know, whatever it is you're doing. Uh, and I'm and I have great admiration for you and your work. I'm wondering I, uh, if this wouldn't be uh, too much trouble if I could possibly ask you one or two very specific questions. Uh, nice. And again, I know you're very busy, so if that would not be appropriate, I will certainly understand. Now, when you approach like that with humility and you approach asking if you could ask one or two, well, everyone's got time. Most people, I mean, some yeah, people are yeah. you know, that's human beings, but most people are going to, of course, you know, one, they're going to let you ask one or two questions. So ask those one or two questions. Now make sure you research this person and you don't, you don't ask anything that you could have, excuse me, that you could easily discovered by doing research. Okay. Yeah. But when you ask these this one these one or two intelligent questions and they give you their advice, you let them know how grateful you are and you look forward to putting it into use. You don't keep them on the phone long. You let them know you'll you know you'll put that to use. You'll check back with them if that's okay, and they'll say sure, of course. Now, what I would do is that very day, two things. 
I would write them a handwritten, personalized note of thanks. Just a short, quick note, nothing long, but a handwritten that just simply says, hi, Mr. So-and-so or Ms. So-and-so, thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy. I can't thank you enough. I look forward to putting your wonderful advice into action. Uh, as regards, and then so I put it in a number to a regular envelope, uh, hand stamp it, hand write it, write it, the person I got. Yeah. What I would also suggest is, and you can again find this out from their, um, uh, from searching them online, find out what their favorite charity is and make a small, it doesn't have to be big, but make a small donation in their name. Let's say they, they are big on animal rescue and they belong to a local animal shelter. Make a small donation in their name. Uh, they'll be notified, and, and you're not doing it to kiss off of them. Yeah. But just to let them know that respect the process, that obviously you can't bring value to them no. right now as they can to you, but that you care and that you want to do the best to, you know, to honor them. Yeah, show respect. I mean, respect is such a huge thing. If you can show someone respect. Yeah, and then, you know, it's three weeks or a month later, you come back with another question or you, you know, or what have you. And now little by little, it, you know, if a mentor-protege relationship is supposed to take but, happen long term, it will. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but, you know, that's how to best approach it to increase your chances of connecting with the right mentor. Oh, that's excellent. Thank you very much. That's brilliant. My pleasure. One of the principles in the book is influence. So how does a go-giver create influence both personally and in business? And how does that directly relate to new business and even to the leadership? Well, you know, I, I, I think, Richard, it's really important to, to really to, to take a look at what influence really is. And I think it's, it's uh, on a couple different levels. On a very, very basic level, we can define influence as simply the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action, usually within the context of a specific goal. By definition, that's influence. That's the definition, but it's by no means the substance or the essence of influence. The essence of influence mm -hmm. is pull. Pull oh. as opposed to push. Yeah. Uh, as in the question, how far can you push a rope? <laughs> The answer's not very, or at least not very fast, very effective. Why great influencers, or as we call them, genuine influencers, don't push. You don't hear people saying, wow, that Thomas or that uh, Mary, she is so influential. She has a lot of push with yeah. people. Right? No, it's a she's influential. She has a lot of pull. <laughs> so, and that's what, what genuine influencers do. They it's pull, it's an attraction. Genuine influencers attract people to themselves and to their ideas, not through uh, pushing their ideas on others, right? Not through pushing their will on others, not through being pushy, but again, through, through pull. So how do you manifest this pull, okay? And, and here's really how genuine effective influencers do this again it goes right back to moving from that i focus or me focus to the other focus the genuine influencer asks themselves questions such as how does what i'm asking this other person to do how does it align with their goals yeah their, their wants their desires how does what i want this other person to do 
How does it align with their values? How is it solving a problem for them? How is it making their lives better? And when we ask ourselves these questions thoughtfully, intelligently, uh, genuinely, authentically, not as a way to manipulate another human being into doing our will, but as a way of building everyone in the process, now we've come a lot closer to earning this person's commitment as a trying to depend on some type of compliance right, or relation yeah. or, you know, that kind of thing. No, no, that's excellent. Thank you. That is brilliant. Thank you very much, Bob. That's been, been an amazing interview. So thank you very much for your time this evening. Thank you very much. Where people need to get hold of you and get some information from you about your go-giver series, where's best for them to go to? Probably the best place is the website, The Go-Giver, without the hyphen, thegogiver.com. And if they scroll down a few pages, it will take them to where they can they can get a uh, chapter of any of the books to see if they like it first. Uh, actually, I think the first two chapters, they can read it. And then Excellent. if they enjoy it, they can always click through to uh, purchase the book. Excellent job. That is a brilliant job. Well, thank you once again, Bob. It's been absolutely wonderful meeting you again tonight. Thank hope you. you have a good day and all the best for the future. Teacher Projects. You too, Richard. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye for now.